Hey there, welcome to the Next Level Nutrition Biz Podcast. I'm your host, Stephanie Long, business coach for nutritionists. I help nutritionists just like you create and launch their business and sign their first high-paying client. In this podcast, you'll learn practical strategies to start and grow your nutrition business that you can implement right away. You'll also hear from a ton of guests who have started their own thriving nutrition businesses and share what they've learned throughout their journey. Let's get started. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. Today, I have uh, my friend and past client, Laura Martyr, here to talk all about uh, what it's like to be kind of like a day in the life of a nutritionist in her business. So a little bit of behind the scenes of how she started her business, how she grew her business, where she focuses her time, um, where things are going today. So another like deep dive into a nutritionist business. And I am really excited to have Laura here to share. So let me tell you a little bit about Laura. Laura is a registered holistic nutritionist and the founder of Laura Martyr Holistic Wellness. Through her own journey to wellness, she has come to understand the importance of providing our bodies with the right nutrients to help our body and mind feel great. She specializes in helping women balance their hormones, lose weight without resorting to deprivation and fad diets, and fall in love with healthy eating. So thank you so much for being here, Laura. I'm excited to have you. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I'm glad to be here. Yes, it's always nice to do these chats. I feel like these, you know, day in a life of a nutritionist are kind of a fan favorite episode where people can really just learn from someone that's been in their business for, you know, a year, two years, however long it is, and just kind of see a snippet of where they're at and what they've done to get where they are. So before we dive into everything about your business and um, what you've done so far, why don't we just talk about what actually brought you to nutrition and um, kind of how you started as a nutritionist? Yeah, absolutely. So this is actually a take-two career for me. I had a long, over almost 20 years in IT. Um, and then back in 2016, I left that career to help care for a family member um, navigating a cancer diagnosis. And once it was my dad, and once he passed away, um, I was left kind of deciding what were going to be my next steps and what, what I wanted to do. And it always really had an interest in nutrition and healthy living. But, you know, like many people out there and many of the clients that I see now, it's just kind of all very overwhelming. And so I decided I was going to, through my own journey of like all the grief and the stress and that, I was kind of feeling at my lowest point. I'd gained weight, not feeling well, and I just wanted to find a better path to getting um, back to feeling my best. And I discovered the world of holistic nutrition and decided to go back to school. Wow, that's really interesting. I think it's always um, really neat to hear when people come back as a second career, because I think... I'm not sure what you felt, Laura, but I think for some people, they think like it's too late, uh, you know, it's I'm too old or, you know, there's not enough time to switch careers. And it sounds like you had like quite a thriving career prior to doing this. So was there any fear in like completely switching your life and jumping into something new? Uh, absolutely, because I went back to school. I was 42 when I decided to go back to school. Um, and then just the whole thought of like launching a business in my mid forties was sometimes felt a bit daunting, but I also was able to leverage all of the skills that I'd learned in my previous career. And they've been so helpful in helping me, you know, get off the ground and, and get going. Yeah, that's actually really true. I think sometimes we think like, 
you know, because I've only done this one thing, how am I ever going to switch and try something new? But you're completely right that there's so many advantages to being, I guess, in a sense, like an older learner or somebody that's already had a lifetime of learning certain skills and then applying it to your to your new job. So I'm kind of curious, I know I'm kind of throwing you on the spot here, but um, what skills do you think that you've like kind of been able to transfer from your old job to now being a nutritionist? Uh, yeah, great question. So just the ability, part of my role when I was working in my corporate and my IT role was doing a lot of coaching um, with team members. So that's definitely transferable in my, you know, my online practice as a nutritionist now. And even just the ability to be able to, you know, multitask, um, the ability to be resourceful and kind of figure out things on the fly and make things happen. Like all of the skills that I have, that I learned in that career were very transferable to this career. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I can even attest to that myself from working in corporate and being in an office and working with people. So I think, you know, it's always nice to have those skills, uh, yeah. be able to transfer them. You know, it's not lost time at all. Um, okay, so that's really interesting. So I'm curious then, um, why don't you bring us back to like when you first started your business? So um, maybe tell us again when you graduated, uh, when you started your business, and then kind of like what has it been like those first or that first while of starting your business, like, was it easy? Was it hard? Yeah, tell us all about it. Okay, so I graduated from CSNN um, in 2020, right before the pandemic hit. Um, But I started from pretty much about one month uh, into schooling, I decided I was going to get started on my business. So I started working on my website, on creating my freebies, building my email list and all of those things. So I'd already had a year of like slowly trying to figure out things in my business before I even graduated. Wow. Very interesting. Okay. And then do you feel like that was helpful or like, are you the type of person who can take that on and, and also be in school and, you know, being able to manage it all? Or were you like, oh gosh, I wish I had waited till after I graduated to do all this? Uh, no, I actually think it was quite helpful. And again, I think that's where I leveraged my past experience and my past career to kind of have the ability to kind of manage all of that effectively. Um, sometimes it was a bit overwhelming. Um, so I would just kind of hit the pause button on working on my business and focus on my studies. But all in all, I think it was a great decision to do that. I definitely learned a lot. And there's some things I probably would do differently now. Um, but they were all learning opportunities. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Okay, so yeah, and that's hard too to, you know, be going to school and or graduating kind of like around the pandemic. I'm sure that that was an extra layer that you probably weren't prepared for. Um, So why don't you tell us a little bit about like, so you in school, you were already starting these pieces. So then what was it like after school? Like you, it sounds like you had your website, you had your email list, you had a lot of pieces created. Were you able to um, start taking on paying clients almost right out of school? Yeah, or was there a leg or what? Yeah, what was that like? Yeah, I was all like in the in the back end of, you know, in terms of having practice better and how I was going to, you know, work with clients, all of that had already been set up. So I was ready to go right out of um, right out of school. Um, and the added benefit of doing it while I was in school is that I kind of through my social media marketing and through, you know, my copy on my website and all of those things, it was kind of like trial and error. And I had that time to figure out, okay, what's landing right with potential clients, what's not working. And I could course, then I had the ability to kind of course correct. 
Yeah. You know what? And I'm so glad you brought that up because I think so many people want this huge audience right away. They're like, okay, when I graduate, I want to have like a million followers or, you know, like thousands of followers. And I want to have like everything perfect and set up and, you know, be able to launch to this big audience. But there is so much, I don't know, it's so nice to, to have less pressure when you're starting if your audience is maybe a little bit smaller or just exactly like you said if you can test out what's working and what's not working so that when you do get in front of the bigger audience um, those kinks already worked out versus you know doing that kind of to like a large audience to begin with so have you seen like steady growth over like in terms of like audience size like um, I guess what I'm really wondering is you know when you graduated did were all of your followers like potential clients or were they mostly friends and family and like have you seen new growth in terms of let's say followers or email um, people on your email list like since then and are they more aligned with kind of like the direction your business is going in now yeah so absolutely so when I first started like my Instagram account when I was in school I started it um, I had, you know, a handful of friends and family members, and then it kind of just steadily grew over the time that I was in school. Now, retrospectively, some of those followers are not necessarily my ideal client right now because, you know, my messaging back then wasn't as fine-tuned as it is now. But now that I've really kind of like honed in on what my niche is, who I'm serving, and I'm really getting clear on, you know, how I'm communicating that on social media, I've noticed a significant growth in both my email list and my and my social media followers. Yeah, that's a, that's great incentive for people to get more clarity. I think that's always something I'm preaching and I know that that really helped you in your business. So, you know, how did things change for you, you know, to dive more into talking about niching and getting more focused? How did things really change? Like, did you sign more clients that were working with you longer term? Were they paying more? Were you just getting more interest overall? Like what was that big change when you started to niche down? So I think there were a couple of things. So one was investing in coaching. So I did work with you and like just having sometimes an outside perspective, um, you know, looking at your business from a different perspective than you would um, in your day-to-day operations, that was huge and instrumental. And then also just, um, again, through the process of like posting on social media and seeing what was landing, what was resonating through taking on a few clients, um, you kind of, through that experience, you come to know exactly what you want your niche to be. um, What are the pain points of um, potential prospective clients? And so you're able to kind of better align your messaging with that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's very true. So Yeah, let's actually talk a little bit about like what maybe your day to day looks like now, because it sounds like, you know, you were able to really fast track the more startup phase, the setting everything up, getting everything ready to go, you know, kind of like learning as you go with posting and getting more um, clear on the direction. So I I guess I would say and maybe um, let me know if I'm wrong here, but it sounds like you're more in the rhythm of things now and you're more just like clear on who you want to help, how you help them. But now it's more of this process of really finding those clients and maybe like growing your business. So like, what does your business look like now? Who are you helping? What kind of programs do you have? Let's talk more about that. Yeah. So definitely I'm more in a rhythm right now. Um, You know, where previously there was a lot of overwhelm and just kind of figuring things out, definitely much more settled in my business now. Um, Currently I have two different ways to work with me. I have like a one month program or a three month program for clients to come through. And like you said at the beginning, I specialize in women's hormone health. So helping them kind of 
balance their hormones so that they can lose weight, increase their energy, um, and boost their libido and just feel like their best self, right? Without Mm -hmm. having to resort to a restrictive diet. And Okay. So because you say balancing hormones, and I know this is something we've worked on together and I know that you've even gone on to like really fine tune this even more. Um, I think this is a good learning piece for everyone that you're not just saying like, I help people balance their hormones. You're also saying, you know, losing weight without restriction. I think you said like increase their, their libido, increase energy. So why do you feel like you need to share those pieces? And like, has that explaining kind of what that means when you say balance your hormones means libido, weight loss, energy, has that kind of like helped to, um, I guess, explain to people what exactly you do and how you can help them? Absolutely. Because, you know, the typical client would be, or even including myself before I started on this journey, you're thinking, I'm, not, you know, you're not feeling well. Okay. You know, what steps am I going to take to try and get better? Sometimes for many women that often involved going on a diet to lose weight or whatever. So instead of just hitting on the, you know, seeing balancing hormones means something to me and to other nutritionists, but it doesn't necessarily mean a whole heck of a lot to a prospective client. But when I started um, shifting the way I was messaging it out there, so including, you know, you want to lose weight is the, is the end goal for that potential client, or they want to increase their energy. They want to get their libido back, get rid of their PMS, all the things that are related to your hormones it resonates much better with them. Mm. And at any point were you just saying like, I can help you balance your hormones and you were kind of hearing crickets before you. Okay. So (laughs) it was kind of like the shift into like talking about what they're actually going to, what you're actually going to solve for them. That made a huge difference. Exactly. And even previously I would be talking a lot about hormones and a lot of education on hormones, which is all great. But again, in order for the person following me on Instagram or landing on my blog page um, to kind of click in and see how I can help them, they need to understand, like, I am able to solve X, Y, and Z problem for you. Mm -hmm. And I'm just going to put this out there. I think you're like one of the best people at creating content. You are a content creation machine. (laughs) I think you do such a good job at like staying consistent, um, staying on brand. Like everybody should definitely check out your Instagram. Um, What's your Instagram handle? It's lauramartier.hw. Okay, perfect. Yeah, check her out because I think you do such a great job of, like I said, like keeping a consistency and really engaging people. Um, So what kind of content are you sharing and where do you even get your ideas for content? So now it's becoming a lot easier because over the course of creating that account, I've had, you know, people messaging me, asking me questions. So from there, that's the inspiration. Okay, this is clearly some content that needs to be created. And just kind of thinking about reflecting back on my own journey, what were the struggles that I have um, and how can I kind of translate that into content? And then the last piece is, and this is something that I kind of took from our coaching, um, Stephanie, was don't be afraid to go out there and ask questions, right? Mm-hmm. So before I had the attitude where I was nervous to go and ask my audience kind of what do they want, um, what are they struggling with? And now I do that on a regular basis um, because they will inform what content I'm going to create for them. Yeah, absolutely. And then I think it resonates more with them. You're giving them, I think we always try to like come up with these ideas on our own. We're like, Ooh, this would be so good. But then it kind of falls flat where 
you know, we don't always have to reinvent the wheel. We can just simply ask, you know, what do you need support with? What are you struggling with? What are, what's keeping you up at night? Um, so when you're asking these questions, like, are you usually like asking them in like a direct message to someone? Are you um, posting it on like, let's even use Instagram as an example. So like an Instagram story, with like a question box. Are you emailing your email list? How are you doing this? Yeah, so I do it uh, through emails to my email list. I'll ask questions there. And then I do a lot in my Instagram stories. I'll do polls to find out kind of what are their biggest. I do that on a fairly regular basis every month or so. You know, what are you struggling with most? And I'll give them a few options. And do you find that people answer those? Because I think some people hesitate doing the question box because they're like, you know, crickets, no one's answering. So are you usually getting a lot of like um, conversation with those question boxes? Usually not so much with the question boxes, but if I do it as a poll or as a quiz, I will get more engagement from them. But then again, another kind of thing that I've overcome is initially when I launched that account, I was really nervous. Like what if this falls flat or whatever, but those have been some of my biggest learning opportunities. And so when it comes to the polls, if I don't ask, then how, you know, even if only five people answer, some people, sometimes, sometimes I'll get a lot more answers but every little bit of insight that's coming in is a win for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's all about testing things out, right? And yeah. what's working, what's not working. Um, the worst thing is you try something once and then you're like, oh, that didn't work. Or you tried a couple times and then you're like, okay, that's not a good strategy. Let's shift to try something else. Ready to start your nutrition business but have no idea what steps you need to take? No problem. That's exactly why I've created a completely free workshop for you called Six Steps to Start Your Nutrition Biz and Sign Your First Paying Clients. In this on-demand workshop, I'm sharing my six-step roadmap to starting a successful nutrition business without a huge social media following or years of experience. I'll also share the top three mistakes I see most new nutritionists making when starting their business and how to avoid them, and the must-have tools you need to run a successful nutrition business and wow your clients from day one. Oh, and did I mention that the workshop is completely free? Sign up at stephanielong.ca slash workshop and get instant access right now. Okay, something else I've recognized that you do quite a bit, and I'm not sure if this was something we had um, chatted about in our coaching together, or if this is something you've just been doing since, but I'm curious um, because I noticed that you share a lot of like Um, in your Instagram stories, you share a lot of slides promoting your program. So every, I don't even know if it's every week or, you know, I I do find that I'm seeing it quite often. Um, You're, you're reminding people how they can work with you. So um, tell me a little bit about like when you started doing that, if you feel like that's working or not. And yeah, we can kind of chat about that. Yeah, absolutely. So definitely that came from coaching with you as well. Um, So many wins from uh, signing up for that program with you. Um, but I just remember you saying, like, if you're not asking for the sale, if you're not telling people how they can work with you, then no one's ever going to sign up for your programs. And it's so true. So while I was initially worried, oh, if I'm posting this in my story several, you know, a couple times a week, people are going to get bothered by it. It's going to be annoying. People do not actually notice that. And it has translated into, you know, I ask a lot, do you want to book in a discovery call? And I'm steadily getting more and more discovery calls now. Mm, because you're asking. Do you have any strategies for like what you're saying when you're asking people to join a call? Because again, I think 
this is like, we're talking sales now and people are so scared of, you know, asking for what they want or they don't want to come across salesy. They don't know how to say it. So how are you usually wording these posts when you're asking for them to join you on a call? Um, in terms of like for the discovery call, I will usually, um, sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, no, no. That's exactly right. I'm just curious, like how you actually ask for them to join a call with you. Yeah. So I will usually try and hit, um, one of the pain points that they are, you know, struggling with and say, if you are struggling with, you know, stubborn weight and want to get clear on if it's your hormones getting in the way, send me a message or go to the link in bio and book in a discovery call. And that was kind of a little, I was actually just um, chatting with uh, Katie from the wellness marketer recently. And that was just such an amazing tip that she gave me. Yeah, I saw that. And then I saw that you had a win. Well, I think she shared that you had a win where you were able to book quite a few discovery calls on that kind of call to action, um, maybe versus just saying like, you know, pop your email in if you want a discovery call. It sounded like there was way more action taking uh, when you did it that way. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Katie's great. I think she's fantastic. Another great person um, for everyone to follow the wellness marketer if you haven't heard of Katie. Um, Okay. I would love to ask you a little bit about your programs because this is something I know so many of us are curious about. How do you run your programs? How do you get clients for them? So maybe just um, chat quickly about like what your one-on-one one-month program looks like and kind of what the difference is of the three-month program and what kind of clients sign up for each one. Yeah, so I set the programs up. They basically run the same. The difference is the time frame, but within each of them, um, we meet, basically we do our intake, we have our biweekly follow-ups, and then they have access to kind of message me in between so that they stay on track and and they have someone to support them throughout the process. The one month I'm usually attracting clients, you just need a little bit of a refresh, you need a little bit extra support to help point them in the right direction. And then the three month is more catered to women who are really struggling with symptoms of a hormone imbalance. So is that something they would kind of choose like right off your website? Um, Like, would you have it like, here's a one month program, click here to buy now and to to sign up um, or, you know, and having them kind of choose for themselves. I'm in the one month category. I'm in the three month category. Or is this something you're always making sure you do on a discovery call and you're telling them what the better fit is? So we usually, any clients that I work with, we do have a discovery call initially before they sign up. And that in that discovery call, then once I get a better understanding of kind of what's going on and what their goals are, then I'll make the recommendation whether I think the one month is best suited or the three month. Okay. And do you find that you get a lot of, I'm kind of throwing you a loop here with this question, so I hope you don't mind. Um, But do you find that you get a lot of objections on pricing? Um, And do you find that that's why some people are like, you know, I'd love to do the three month, but the price, you know, is not in my ballpark or right now I can't afford it. Or especially, I guess, because your business has been over the lifetime of the pandemic, you know, um, financial objections might come up. And then do you find that people, because of that, then they go down to the one month program or what's your experience there? I haven't found that so far. I'm possibly, you know, that's something that's still fairly new in my business. So it's possibly something I'll encounter down the road, but, um, so far I have not encountered that. And I do offer payment plans to, you know, potential clients to kind of help overcome that objection. Well, fingers crossed it stays that way because that's really good. It might mean also that you're attracting the right person, which I think goes to show that, you know, your process is you're sharing so much beforehand that people are coming on a call, I'm assuming like already quite clear that 
they need your support or that they want to work with you. So maybe even like, I'm curious, you know, conversion rate on your calls. Um, do you find that a lot of people do sign up after chatting with you because they are kind of ready to take that next step? Yeah, I do find that my conversion rate has been like really good. Um, so I'm, you know, really happy with that so far. So clearly my messaging is, you know, very aligned and is kind of drawing in the right clients. Yeah. And you did mention before, before we hit um, record that you had just um, changed some of the copy on your website. And if anyone listening doesn't really understand what copy means, um, this is probably a word you're going to come into contact with a lot. It literally means like the words that are on your website or, you know, written anywhere. That's what copy is. So Laura, you had mentioned you had hired a copywriter. um, And how have you seen that really shift your business or has it shifted your business? Yeah, it's really, really had a huge impact on my business. Um, I, like I said, I created my website while I was still in school, a student. I wasn't really 100% clear on what my niche was, what my messaging was. So it was a beautiful website, but didn't really, it wasn't really doing much in terms of attracting the right kind of client. And when I worked with this copywriter and we got really crystal clear on how we're going to communicate that message out, I've seen a massive shift in the terms of people just booking in discovery calls and then converting over to clients. So it was definitely like a worthwhile investment, you would say. It was definitely probably one of the best investments I've made so far in my business. Ah, I love hearing that. And I'm sure, like, were you scared to make an investment like that? Because I guess from my experience, you know, uh, starting my business, you know, I was always working with coaches and always trying to grow myself and grow my business. And then I wasn't really looking at these like different aspects, like, oh, a copywriter or someone to help me with like Facebook ads. And then you start to see like all these different people that can improve your business in different ways. So were you a bit more hesitant to like, kind of shift your money into copywriting where maybe you were used to doing like business coaching support for a while? Yeah, definitely. And I I would say like, that's a common roadblock for people starting up a business like you're not necessarily making a, enough for a full-time income yet, but you know how can you justify then putting money back out to try and help grow your business? But for that, like for copywriting, that wasn't my that wasn't my zone of genius. I'm not an expert in it by any means, and so I kind of took the leap of faith and hoped that okay, if I get the right messaging, if we can get really crystal clear on that, it was going to help grow my business, and mm. thankfully it has. Yeah, I'm really glad that that paid off for you. And I know that it has for me too. I I swear by copywriting now and having a copywriter because, oh boy, it makes a difference. And it actually really makes me realize how little I know about what I'm saying. Well, not how little I know, but how I don't have the ability to communicate what I want to say as well as someone who does that for a living. That's really been clear to me. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um, Okay. So to finish off, because you've shared so many good tips on like how you started, how you've kind of grown things, how you're now maintaining things with like your different calls to actions and inviting people to to discovery calls. So I'm curious um, if you can just share with us your kind of day to day, like what does it look like now to be, I'm assuming this is full time for you now. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah. So what does that look like to be a full-time nutritionist? How do you spend your week and what are you working on? So now I've had to, I was feeling a bit overwhelmed previously, kind of scattered all over the place. Wasn't sure what, you know, where I should be focusing my energies on. So now I've um, kind of blocked out my week. So I have Wednesdays and Thursdays are my client days. I usually leave Fridays for creating my client protocols and getting those out to them. 
And then I have Monday and Tuesday is just to work on the back end of my business. So content creation, creating all my pins for Pinterest, whatever else that needs to get done. Mm. Okay. So you do Pinterest. Um, I feel like that was something maybe you had started doing. You had some like unique ways to grow your business. And I think Pinterest was one of them. I think LinkedIn was another one that you were using as well. Okay. So can you tell me a little bit like how much time you're putting into Pinterest? Like, has that actually brought clients to you? What about LinkedIn? Are you still using that as well? So LinkedIn, yeah. If I do a blog post, I'll usually try and share it on LinkedIn just because I had a huge network of um, of people on LinkedIn from my past corporate experience. So I felt like I may as well just try and leverage that. And then for Pinterest, I usually just honestly, I take about 45 minutes to an hour once a week and I'll schedule all the pins based on the content that I've put out all week long. Mm, And so I always try, yeah, even for my blog post, I'll try and just like, you know, drive traffic to my website or for my freebies, my lead magnets, I'll make sure, you know, I'm putting those out consistently as well. So Pinterest has really, for me, helped to grow my email list. Oh, okay. And you have seen like significant... Like it's been significant for you to put the time in because it's actually working. Yes. Yeah. Okay. That's great. That's something I'm looking into now. I don't know if I've shared that with you before, Laura, but um, like putting all of my podcast episodes onto Pinterest to, you know, direct the traffic because sometimes, you know, and, and this is a good learning opportunity, at least has been for me that, you know, as much as we want to juggle all of the things in our business or, you know, do the... Uh, do Pinterest, do LinkedIn, do social media, do, you know, with the email list, like all of the pieces, sometimes you, we can't carry all the balls, like one of them is going to fall. So for me, Pinterest has been that thing I really wanted to do, but I haven't for so long. So now it's really interesting to jump into the world of Pinterest and, um, and to see how much reach you can get. I really do feel like it's a missed opportunity for a lot of people. Do you feel yeah, that way? Absolutely. Yeah. It's been great for my business, but um, I do agree with your point about like, there's so many different, like when you think of Facebook and uh, Instagram and TikTok, there's so many different avenues to market your business. But from the beginning, I would suggest someone starting out, like just really get good at one platform and then start rolling out to the other one. So for me now, I take all the content that I use for Instagram or my blog post and I just repurpose it very quickly to go to Pinterest. I love that. Yeah, Yeah. that's so true, right? Like focus on a few things, bring more in as you go. I think my favorite saying lately is, you know, your business is not a sprint. It's a marathon. Like you're going to have a lot of time to put all these things into action. But if you try to do it all at once, you're going to likely burn out, which is not what we want at all. So great. So you do. Okay. So your first uh, part of the week is more content creation. Then you do two days for client work, one day for protocols. And do you find now you had mentioned you were quite feeling scattered before? Has this really helped to put more consistency and ease into your schedule? Yeah, absolutely. Because before I didn't have really any kind of schedule, I was all over the place, uh, you know, trying to, you know, manage work and home life and everything. So now I just block my days and I know exactly what I'm going to be focusing on for that day. And do you normally take weekends off or do you find yourself working some weekends? I still do. I like to try and take weekends off. I still do find that sometimes, you know, on a Saturday morning, I'll spend an hour or so um, working through things. But I think, you know, that's normal as a new business. And, you know, over time, hopefully that'll kind of taper off. 
Yeah, it's like that meme that's out there that's like, you know, I quit my full-time job um, to be an entrepreneur, you know, so I could work less, but now I work like 500 hours more or whatever it is. <laughs> but then we love what we do, right? So it's like, it does. I don't know about you, but sometimes I'm like, oh yeah, I guess this, I am working right now, but I find it really fun that it doesn't feel like maybe a burden or like a lot of stress on me like it did when I was, you know, if I had to work overtime at my corporate job. Yeah, exactly. Like I love the whole process for me starting up the business and learning, you know, what is an email funnel and all of that. It was just very interesting to me. So it, I really enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah. Same. I'm glad you enjoy it. Um, okay. I would love for you to share just as we wrap up uh, what you're working on now, because I know you did mention you have, I think a sugar-free is a challenge coming out soon. And um, tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah, I have a sugar detox program that I'm going to be, it'll be launching in early November. So I've been busy putting in all the finishing touches for that, the sales page, the actual product that'll be sold. Um, So that's coming very, very soon. I'm really excited. This is my first digital product. Yeah. Yeah. And has that been like something you've just been trying on your own? Are you getting support with setting that all up? Or is it just totally like figure it out as you go? No, I definitely um, got support. Um, I had someone helping me with my website for creating the sales page. And I also had someone helping me with my whole uh, launch plan and making sure that we had the right emails in place and social media content and everything. Oh, good. I love that you're so open to investing in your business because boy, like there's so many pieces that go into I don't want to call it a small launch because I'm sure it will be like quite big in scale. But, you know, when we're smaller businesses and we're not having these like multi-million dollar launches where we have a team of 20 people, you know, we end up taking on a lot. Um, So I'm glad you at least have like a bit of support in getting it all done because it can definitely be a lot. Yeah, absolutely. So when does that, you said, uh, did you say mid-November that launches? Uh, It's launching November 2nd. November 2nd. Okay. And if anybody wants to um, maybe check that out for themselves and join or even send some clients your way to join that, where would they find info about that at? So they can find it on my website at uh, lauramertier.com. Perfect. Okay. And anything else that you want to share, like any freebies you want um, them to download or maybe again, like give us your Instagram handle for people to follow you? Yeah, my Instagram is lauramartier.hw and I do have um, a free happy hormone guide with uh, with a meal plan available if anyone's interested. And you Perfect. can get that through the link on my bio. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for spending your time today. This has been so nice to hear about your business and it's so evident that you've grown so much and you continue to grow. And I just love how you are Um, so open to testing things out and investing in yourself. I think it's very admirable. So um, I just wish you all the best kind of moving forward in your business. And thank you again for coming. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It was so nice to catch up with you. You too. Thanks for listening in. If you like this episode, feel free to leave us a review, share the episode with a friend or take us on social media. Catch you next time.